Yeah, new iPhone 13 color. Maybe new AirPods colors. AirPods Max colors? That's springy. Maybe some ear cup colors. Maybe, yeah, sure. This is the worst. <laughs> I'm thinking. Oh my God, ear, ear cup, ear cup colors? <laughs> hey guys, listen, I got a hot scoop. I hear there might be some new fall colors for the iPhone cases. Listen, don't get too excited for orange, everybody. Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I'm John Rittinger. We're back another week. John, we're here. Now we can say that we are a weekly, weekly podcast yet again. Right. You doubted it, but we're here. Third week in a row. Andrew keeps messaging me saying, oh, I don't think I can record today. I'm like, dude, I need some dedication. <laughs> I need to see that you take it seriously. Try. So at least some positive feedback for Andrew. I feel like he needs it. Yes, please. Do you enjoy the show? <laughs> Not only is it our third week in a row back, it's our third guest in a row. And they keep getting better. Somehow, somehow, how have we keep done getting better. I don't, I don't know how it's possible, we've really. We've done ourselves today. In fact, I called in. This gentleman, before I reached out to him, said, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm sitting on the FaceTime. Where are you? I mean, I think that, again, goes to your dedication, Drew. Mm-hmm. He comes into the video wearing the exact same clothing you're wearing. <laughs> so suffice, suffice to say that he looks very good. <laughs> yes. It is the one and only. Only. Sam Cole, how are you doing, sir? What's up, guys? You know my my therapist tells me it's good to come on here because it really helps my ego. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep coming back. We are we, we are therapist approved, and we only we do only <laughs> ask the best guests to be on the show, and only the best of the best come back on the show. That's for respect for our guests, or not our guests, our listeners. My gosh, can, can we just get to the content? I can't I can't take this for that long. <laughs> we like to describe our guests like their mothers would. <laughs> Yes. To like, a, to, to like a prospective date. <laughs> and like they're our favorite devices. You know what? Yeah. That's perfect. I want to put this on my like Tinder. I'm just going to put this video up. <laughs> Why you should date me. <laughs> All right. Sam, obviously major presence in the Apple reported community. Not only Correct. do you have your own YouTube channel that you've been doing for a long time now. Not only are you the proprietor and owner of Apple Track. The best place to go if you want to see what are the rumors out there, who's reporting the rumors, and what their track record is for being correct on those rumors. You can't argue with stats. As a sports fan, Mm. you cannot argue with stats. (laughs) It's information. And he's the co-host of the Genius Bar podcast. Yeah, it's a good time. You guys should listen. It's fun. I like how he he just he was like excited about the first two. (laughs) Then I said Genius Bar. He's just like chilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just reminds me. Like, I, I'm always just like, oh, that's why I don't get sent Apple products. Like, it's like the first two things are pretty safe. And I'm like, okay, like, these are probably things that'd be good. And then it's like, oh, and then I do it with that guy who, you know, we, we don't need to mention his name. He's not worth it. <laughs> Listen, you know, so out of the out of three of us on the phone call, Apple PR only talks to one. So, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 well, see, we can tip those scales in our favor, Sam. <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll, by the end of the episode, we're going to get free MacBooks for life. I, I can feel it. I would hope that Apple Track would, like, counterbalance because you're the one out there saying, hey, here, here are the rumors and here's what's not true. Here's what people are saying. Yeah. But here's who you can't trust. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's a great That's resource. what I'm saying, It's a great resource. <laughs> exactly. Okay, speaking of which, let's let's just jump in to an Apple rumor. This is a follow-up from last week. We talked about the yes. rumored foldable display MacBook. And what we talked about was Apple is currently working on in the labs. It's cooking. We're probably not going to see this if we do see it for like five years. 
Can I add one note to this, though? Because I, I thought about this. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at my MacBook Pro right now, and I'm realizing it already folds in half. It does. It does. So this, <laughs> this would be a MacBook with a display that extends down to where the keyboard area is. So it's a, it's a full screen folding device. So it's it, like a less ideal laptop. Less ideal laptop, but maybe a more ideal iPad. And if you unfold it all the way, unfold it flat, you can then use it just as a display and it would be the computer. So think of your iMac screen. If you had a 20 inch iMac that you can remove, fold in half and throw in your backpack when you're on the go. And it's a touch screen. Now, I don't I'm not saying this sounds great because, we, you know, we have, we have to see this. But can we need to add in like the Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Like everybody's so busy focusing on if if they could. Nobody thought to ask right. if they should. Should you? Should you? So here's, here's what Mark Gurman said recently in his latest newsletter. I'm told Apple has indeed been work, been exploring a dual screen foldable MacBook slash iPad hybrid that would take the second approach. So it would be a, a hybrid between a Mac an iOS device. It would trade in the physical keyboard and trackpad for a fully touchscreen base. That did sound pretty, sound pretty good, actually. I'm not going to lie. But what is that Mac iOS hybrid? Like, are you dual booting? I'm trying to picture this, and I'm not, I'm not, not really getting it. There's a few words that would clear that up. Touchscreen Mac OS, I, I think, I think would, would very easily clear that up. And I, I don't know which manufacturers. I think it might be Lenovo that has a, a folding yes. tablet thing, but they also have a, a, a physical keyboard you can actually put on top of the bottom part. Oh. So when you want when you want to use it like a regular laptop, you have that option. That's another thing to have to carry and that kind of thing. But there are ways around around it. And I'm sure Apple has thought of the, the shortcomings before they ever would consider releasing something like this. Sam, you said you had thoughts on this. I need to hear them. Dude, <laughs> the only thing that should fold is like a sandwich. Oh, boo! I take back everything I said about you, Sam. Wait a minute. You make a sandwich and then you fold it in half? Yeah, you know how you like a like a, like a taco fold. Okay. Like that's the only thing that should fold. Is a taco sandwich? It is now. That's all right. I'm like, is a taco a sandwich? What's happening? Guys, I I have tried <laughs> so many times. I'm just editing a video that I'm, I'm doing right before the call. And I just have this whole bit where I'm like going off on things that fold. And I'm like, am I being too hard? Like I literally self-reflect in the video where I'm like, am I being too hard on everybody? Because I know that there's people that like things that fold. And listen, maybe this thing is going to be cool. But like it, right now, I feel like we're just bored with smartphones. So we're like, hey, what have we have not done? Or what have we done originally where we had a flip phone? And then let's just do that again. Now, I'm going to be honest here because Please I know do. this isn't a strictly Apple audience. We deserve honesty. I have never been intimate with a foldable before. Can we back up on how you've been intimate with other non-foldable phones? Right. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been doing this. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time, John. <laughs> and uh, no, bring I back, just Sam I just saying bring back the ports is what I, is yeah, what I said here. Ports. I miss it. I miss it. The MacBook Pro is it. It's been a great relationship since it came out. I just want to like foldables, but like I, I saw the Surface Duo two in store, and I was like, this is something that should have never been made. This is one of the worst things I've ever touched. Listen, the, the Samsung foldables, like the Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3, they, they look good, right? They look fun. I just am not convinced that they offer any actual practical benefit. And I, I don't see the market shifting in that direction. So when I'm hearing about this for the Mac, I maybe it could be cool. I also feel like a 16-inch screen on my MacBook is pretty prime for all the work I need to do on the go. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I want a 20-inch TV I can carry around. But then I could just buy a 20-inch I, I don't know. Why does this have to be the same device? Why does the screen have to fold? Can we just have this without a folding screen? 
for foldable devices up until now, there's validity to those points. So I, I love the Galaxy, the Z Fold 3, and I love the Z Fold 2. I like that it's something just new. And it's an experience I've never I never had before. But I, I get the sentiment that you're saying. It is not a device for everybody. And foldables up until now have not necessarily provided any new utility. Questionable new utility, right? Maybe there's some use cases where it's it's helpful to have. But I do think for us to get to a point where they do provide more utility, we have to go through these like puberty awkward phases, right? We're like, oh, nobody wants to look at you, but I think you're going to be, you know, I think you're going to clean up in a few years. So I'm okay going through these iterations where like, Sam, you say, I don't see utility. We've had other guests on who love the fold. And I think it's okay to have two different sides. But I think we are getting to a place where displays are going to change. And I think clearly everything is going touch. And it's going to make sense that that iteration is going to lend itself to what's the largest thing we can do for a touchscreen. That's a display that will ultimately fold. So I agree and disagree with that sentiment. Hey, I'm waiting. When I see a compelling foldable, I will be the first one to say I'm wrong. That's I just fair. have not seen anything that would fit into my life or better it in any conceivable way. Well, it's conceivable. I, I don't see a way it would help me. Andrew, what are your, are you a foldable? You, you, you're a foldy boy? I think I'm between you two guys. I have always found I prefer, so far at least, I feel like the foldables, kind of like what John said, they're, they're leading us somewhere, but we're not there yet. And if you take a foldable like the the Z Flip, for example, I've always said, once you unfold it, it's a less capable Galaxy S phone. Like the only thing that it can do that the Galaxy S can't do is fold in half. That's it. And the Galaxy S series is a, a more powerful phone. So am I willing to pay the same or more for a phone that does less from a technical perspective just because it can physically fold in half and fit in my pocket that much easier when I've never had a complaint about even the, you know, the Pro Max or the S22 Ultra being in my pocket. So currently, and that, that's for the candy bar style phone. So for the foldable Z Fold, that's more like a foldable tablet. I see a lot more utility there than I do on the Z Flip, but I still feel like they're kind of early. What we saw at Mobile World Congress, I think it was yesterday, TCL always has these concepts. It's like they have concept phones, like they, there's concept cars at the car shows that are never going to come out. But I saw it was, it looked like the Z Fold, but it could unfold all the way back. So instead of just flat all the way to the other side, which meant the display has to be like, I don't know what kind of display that is, that it didn't just snap, right? I didn't look too much into it, but <laughs> that's where we have to go. Like these displays have to be very durable. And they need to, when it's touch, it just needs, especially on a laptop, like John said, like typing on an iPad without a keyboard, terrible. Yeah, it's, not good. Terrible. it's not great. It's terrible. Yeah. If there was some sort of, I don't know if like haptics would help there or not, I really don't. Oh, but that would, that would be, be cool if like when you're typing, you get some haptic feedback or something. But I always find it difficult before the iPad came out, before the iPhone came out, certainly. We're talking about Apple's headset, for example, the Apple car. Anytime there's something that Apple's rumored to do and the rumors are out there, it's always hard to like, we're never going to just know what it is. Like before the iPhone was shown, there were so many different people like, oh, so they're going to take an iPod and use the scroll wheel to die. Like we just don't know. So hopefully, hopefully Apple isn't thinking of a device that is just useless. And I don't, I don't think they're the kind of company that would just come out with something just for the sake of doing it. Otherwise we'd have a folding iPhone by now. Right. So I'm just super intrigued by MacBook slash iPad hybrid. And John, what you said about touchscreen macOS 
it just like hit a light bulb in my head, which is M1 or Apple Silicon based Macs can run iOS apps right there. So you don't need to have iOS, you don't need to have an iOS mode anymore. You just need Mac OS on an Apple Silicon device. So that would make sense. If you had a touchscreen Mac, it could run your iOS apps right there alongside your Mac apps. I don't know. It sounds good. It sounds like something that would make me use iOS apps on the Mac because that's actually a feature I keep forgetting even exists. Do you guys use iOS apps on your Mac? No. Completely forget that's a thing that exists. 100%. It's also a horrible experience. <laughs> right. Because there's no touch. Yeah. yeah it, it's the most unApple thing they've ever done. We're like, it sounded good. And then we're like, wait, this is actually bad. <laughs> it, it's, it's not good. Right. Right. Okay. Let's, let's move on to uh, this week. One of the biggest stories of the week for me personally I launched YouTube. I, I watch a lot of YouTube on my television. It's actually, I think, what I watch most on my TV. I watch more YouTube than anything else. I open up YouTube a couple of days ago. First thing that's presented to me is the handsome face of John Ranger. Next to a car, the word mistake right above him. With a question mark. Ooh. With a question mark, which intrigues Ooh. me to click or use the remote to hit play. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yes. Now, accomplished. Now, now, let me say this. Let me say this. The thumbnails at the bottom right told me that this video was about 40 minutes long. It was a long one. It's a, it's, a short, it's a short film. Typically, when I see that, unless it's a specific type of video, when I see that, I'm like, I'm going to probably skip this one. I'm, I, in fairness, I'm usually the same way. But when I saw who it was, what he was talking about, and the red mistake question mark, I had to hit play. And I was thinking when I hit play, I was like, I'll probably like halfway through be like, okay, I get it. No, I watched the whole thing start to finish in one sitting. Appreciate that watch time, Andrew. And it went faster. Like, I didn't feel like I was sitting there for 40 minutes. I really didn't. This was wow. a fantastic video. <sighs> it's John's review that you, I feel like you've been working on this for, for a full month now, if not more. It's been a while. But I wanted to while. get you to talk about not just the video and the contents of it, but kind of yes. what, what goes into Because we you typically, the three of us, like the, the videos that we make in our niche are usually five, eight, maybe 15 Correct. minutes long, right? So yes. you went, you know, five times longer. Um, you went into <laughs> a lot of detail. But again, thank you. it never felt like it was dragging or boring. So tell us about this video. It was your review of your car. It was a review of my car, uh, Lucid Air Dream Edition, and uh, we wanted to have, we're sure they wanted to have fun with it, right? There's a lot of people who have thoughts about the Lucid Air who have never sat in one, never driven one, probably never seen one in person, and they're very strong opinions. So I figured, like, I, you know, I have one. I'm an owner. Like, I'm making an owner's review. I'm going to, reason I waited is I want to put miles on the car. I put about 3,000 miles on the car in almost two months. You learn a lot about a car when you put 3,000 miles, two months, and seven software updates. So we wanted to wait. And listen, we're like you. I'm a business. I make a lot of videos for sponsors. And those are not always the most creatively fulfilling videos, let's say. And I think that's a fair statement. Absolutely. So I wanted to have some fun. Like I have a lot of very creative, very smart people that I work with that sometimes don't get to stretch. <laughs> and I think like everybody, you need sometimes you need to stretch your legs. This seemed like an awesome opportunity to stretch our legs. And I don't know if anybody knows, but I work with a gentleman named J.D. Prevost, who is incredibly talented as a director, a filmmaker, a human being. And we kind of gave him the reins. And I was like, here's the basic premise of what I want to say about the car. But like you do you for how you want to present it. Like you are better at that than I am. And he put together just a really cool story to tell with like the whole dream sequence and 
we had the turnstile, we found a studio location, we hired a first person drone operator to go through and do some like, I've never seen drones do the things that this guy did. So just to be clear, none of the things that you're saying right now were your idea, they were JD's idea. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So, so you were just bringing your expertise of the vehicle. That's another topic. The best thing I ever did as a business owner was hire people much, much more talented than I am. 100%. I was literally a talking monkey. Do you know, I sat down with JD. I said, here are my thoughts on the car. Here are the thoughts that I want to communicate. And he said, great. He wrote them down. And then he came at me a couple weeks later with like, hey, here's how I want to structure the video. And we did. We had a lot of fun. I never, I never shot with a first person drone operator before. That was crazy. I was in shock watching that. I was like, how are you How are you pulling off these moves? It was nuts. And then a, a car on a turnstile was crazy. And there was a shot in there that we, it took so long to get. The car is on a turnstile and it turns. And then we had a projector. And the projector shows the road. That ultimately, the car is was going to drive was? on. Okay. Yeah. Which is crazy. It was such a hard shot to exit. We had a guy laying on the floor, pulled back a flag and a projector so we could time it. So we could time it right. It was just, it was just wild. So we had a lot of fun shooting it, but I learned a lot of things from that. So first of all, I learned, and as somebody who, who has driven three Teslas in eight years with them, the Tesla community might be the most harmful to the brand of any community on the internet. And I've, I'm somebody who's worked very closely with, with the iPhone and Android community. This is a follow-up to last week because we did <laughs> talk about this last week. Yeah. But you learned even more since the video dropped. I have never seen such toxicity from a community. And I, I was getting into like Twitter fights and I'd look at their bio and it's like robot Elon. Elon is gone. Like, why am I like, why am I like, why am I engaging? Yeah. Why am I engaging with this? <laughs> you know, like, why am I engaged? How much did Lucid pay you for this video? That kind of stuff. Oh, I was God, like, man, I wish I, like, like I had to pay them to make this video. I bought the car. A lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah. You should have disclosed how much they paid you. Like you are new to this space. So that that's always alarming. It's funny because I think it's having the alternate effect. I'm somebody who's driven Teslas for eight years and three of them. I almost want to never get another Tesla again. It's so obnoxious. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that rents that community on your videos, right? When I put out a Tesla video, I rarely share it on Twitter. Let's put it, let's put it like that. <laughs> I don't share every video that I do on Twitter. Only the ones that I think would resonate with Twitter, which to me sure. isn't all of them. Or the ones that I just think, like, it, it might be a sponsored thing. I'm like, people are just going to talk about how it's sponsored, so I'm not even going to share this. Even if I think it's a great video. Yeah. So, yeah, so I try to avoid, and I guess that does speak to the toxicity of the community. Because I usually, if I see it, I try to avoid it. It's crazy, and I, I love Tesla, but, I mean, can I point out a panel gap? They're like, hey, how much, how much does somebody else pay? It's beyond the level I've seen with iOS or Android. No, I completely agree. Like, I... I don't think I've, I've shared this or if you guys even know this before, but I had a, a Tesla channel for a while where I was like making what? Tesla news videos. What? That, that, is, that is news. It's called Volted. I think it's still on YouTube. When did you stop? I think the last video was about a year ago. I, it wasn't ever super consistent, but I was my same self. This is when I was a bit more serious and less jokey like in the past, but I, I, I made basically the same videos about Tesla as I did about Apple. And I got more dislikes on average, like on these Tesla videos, which I was kind of like, this would be really discouraging. Like I remember when I started doing Apple videos, it was like, obviously you always get some dislikes, but it would be like 95 to five, you know, positive to negative. But yeah, like the Tesla community, even when I was just like, I'm hyping up this new release, it was like, don't like this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And like, you know, maybe some of that was true early on, but it's very weird. I mean, listen, I'm a Tesla fan. Like I'm getting my new Model S 
you know, if the date's right in May, like I've been waiting, I ordered, I ordered this thing back in September. I'm still waiting on my Model S. Kill me. We're waiting on our, our, our X we ordered back in June. Dude, oh, I want. <laughs> Does it keep slipping? Yeah. Yeah, it was December, January, February, then it just went to July. Oh, it was like, they're like, screw it. Yeah. Screw it. It's July. <laughs> we'll get it to you sometime before then. Yeah, like the cars are phenomenal. But, and like, listen, there was probably a minute where I was kind of in that community when like Tesla was like the true underdog. But like now they're not the underdog anymore. They are the dog. <laughs> I feel like people are still treating them like they're one week away from bankruptcy. And it's like, no, this company's like, they're going to be around forever. They're a Toyota now. Like they, they just, they have the market. And I don't get like, Am I personally interested in what other electric car companies are doing? Honestly, not that much just because I found where I'm happy. Am I going to be negative towards the lucid air for no reason? No, because more electric cars like aligns with my values of helping the environment and like making cool ass cars. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand the Tesla community. Question. Is this the Tesla community or just the Elon Musk community? I think a lot of it's the Elon community. I mean, I, I, I really... Yeah. I, I really do. And like what, what's crazy is that like even in Tesla's mission statement, it's, it's to speed up the development of sustainable transportation. And they've essentially open sourced their patents, or at least agreed not to sue for certain patents get utilized. I mean, so they're encouraging other automakers. You'd think that the even the most ardent Tesla supporters would not be so self-conscious and like support these other EV makers through the the early stages because it's, it's better for for the community. But I'm, I'm just I'm I guess I was surprised and I, I shouldn't be surprised. I've been in this industry long enough by the negativity that's there is just startling. And then like the misinformation is, is even more startling. Misinformation about the Tesla, about the, the industry. Misinformation about the lucid. Oh my God. Like stuff, stuff that's just not true. And I'd be like, well, you know, I, I respectfully, I own the car. Like I use that feature. You claimed that wasn't there yesterday. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And they're like, liar, lucid paid you. I was like, okay, like I, I, should, I, like, I shouldn't just, I should just not reply to any of these. Can you verify, because I feel like this is something that I heard and I just didn't believe it. What is the range on the Lucid Air? So there's different ones. So the, the ones that shipped first were like their Dream Edition cars. These were ones that were 520 ever made. And then then they started shipping the real cars. So out of the Dream Edition, you could get one that had a 520 mile range. And it would actually go 520 miles. Yeah. Yes. How? How did like how is Tesla only at 400? But you have to be in like the driving mode, like not the sport mode. Still, though, so there, there were two versions. There was a range version, and a sport version, both of which had 21 and 19 inch wheels options. So if you got the range version and the 19 wheels, you got that 520 mile range. And people did that drive from San Francisco to L.A. We're getting over 500 miles. What? That's crazy. They miniaturized the motor. Lucid got their stars, a company called the Tiva that made the battery packs and drivetrains for Formula E and other electric vehicles. So they had the chops. And then the car is really aerodynamic. And also, it's a, it's a really big battery. On top of all that. That's cool. Take that, Tesla fans. It goes further than the farthest Tesla. Mine's a performance version. It's got 1,111 horsepower. And I have a range and I charge a fully of about 450 miles. Yeah, that's better than the top tier S. Like, that's crazy. Which is awesome. It's it's half a second slower than the Plaid S on 0 to 60, but the car weighs Trash. 600 700 pounds. Yeah, six or seven hundred pounds more. <laughs> I mean, like those are things that we should like celebrate. That like someone has achieved an electric car with five hundred miles of range. No, we should celebrate. We should that. Abs- absolutely not celebrate any That's of that. That's cool. I also wonder mm. how many of these people actually own, actually own a oh, Tesla. No, none of them, dude. None of like, them. Like they just. It seems like they're just fans of Elon. They love crypto. 
They love that Elon loves crypto, and therefore yeah. anything Elon says or does, they're going to back that. They don't even own the vehicle. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, at least Samsung and iOS fights, people own the consoles. PlayStation, Xbox, they own, at least they own it. Not saying it's good, but at least they have some sort of knowledge of ownership where it feels like these people do not. No, and in, in the video, I said, listen, I, I drove a Tesla for, for eight years. I had an original Model S, Model X, and a Model 3. I've gone through this before. I was like, I just wanted to look at something different. Like, I just wanted to see, like, I just, I just want something different. I don't want to, I just. That's it. Eight years is a really long time. It wasn't like a knock on anything. My wife's getting an X. I just wanted something different. And it was like, I mean, it was, you're either with us or you're either with us or against us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is that way. Okay, let, let's let's move on. Let's move on. We got a. All right, that was my tangent. We're, we're hoping to see invitations drop tomorrow. Please God, for, <laughs> for Please. an event happening on March eighth from Apple. Now I'm very curious why, <laughs> Sam. You seem like you really want this event to happen. I've I do. Been feeling like <laughs> this is going to be, unless I'm wrong, this is going to be one of the most underwhelming events. Since the Apple TV Plus event. Right. No, and the that reason, one was bad. Now, the reason I that say this <laughs> is because the expectation is a new iPhone SE. I'm expecting, which no one is, has been talking about, a new iPhone 13 color and a new iPad Air. And again, someone actually commented on our last two episodes ago, you guys need to come off your high horse. It's fair. That these devices, just because you like the high-end ones, doesn't mean we all do. Now, I'm not saying that. That's fair. I mean, that, 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 that's, a reasonable, it is. that's a reasonable criticism. It is. But I'm saying from a personal perspective, from my own use case, it seems like everything Apple is going to announce at this event is something I would not personally have any interest in using. Uh, which is why I'm not excited for, can, can about it. Can you see people from that high horse? I'm just saying yeah. that's why I am personally not. I'll still make videos about the I'll still tell you all about these things. I'm just saying for me personally, I'm not going to switch up using the iPhone 13 Pro Max for an iPhone SE. I'm just not going to do that. That's yeah. all I'm saying. But Sam, let's start with you, though. Why are you so excited about this? What are you hoping to see? Listen, I mean, we haven't had an Apple event since October. Correct. Like, it's been real rough out here. Is somebody who makes their entire living <laughs> off of only this company right. who hasn't had a sponsored video yet in 2022 <laughs> for a number of reasons. That'll change actually today when this video goes up. I have finally got the first, you know, we, we had a rough patch. Excellent. I'll give us some love. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm ready for some content. I'm ready for some, some things to talk about. And I mean, I'm curious about the iPhone SE. Like I, I, I guess I'm, I'm very curious about the intricacies. I'll be honest, the iPad Air, eh, doesn't really do it for me. But the iPhone SE, like if they are going to put 5G in here, I'm just, I don't know how they're going to put 5G in a 4.7 inch iPhone body and maintain the battery life. Because that was the problem on the iPhone 12s. And then like they made the, to fix that, they made the batteries bigger and, and more efficient processors on the 13 with 5G again. So I just, I don't really know how they're going to do that on the iPhone SE. Maybe the processor, the A15 in there will be crazy or something. So I'm interested to see that. And there's people like my mom that are probably going to get the new SE or something. So maybe that, that'll that be interesting. I'll probably buy one and then just be like, happy birthday. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's late. <laughs> um, listen, the first two things eh, I'm not crazy about, okay. although I just, I'm just so thirsty for anything at this point, but the Max is what, what I'm looking forward to. We're hearing a, a redesigned Mac mini with M1 Pro and M1 Max inside. And then potentially, although probably not the iMac Pro, which is going to be like more powerful. So that would make me happy. Yeah. Cause that's a high end. Like I get it. I'm very similar. And like, that is also what appeals to me the most. 
So, yeah, is it going to be a, a game-changing event? No, I, I'm not predicting that. I don't think the VR headset is going to be announced at this event. I think that'll be later in the fall. But it's a little spring refresh with some new stuff that we can then reference. And I need content, guys. I'm thirsty out here. <laughs> That's fair. Have you heard, though, the rumor that the Mac Mini will only be M1 Pro? Yeah. I didn't see that one. How did I miss that? Yeah, M1 Pro not M1 Max, which that would be silly. Ugh, I mean, I'm ugh, come on. I, I can't even talk. I can't even talk. <laughs> There's right no now. way. There's no way. That's not going to happen. I'm calling it. You don't think so. Happen. Okay. No, it makes no sense. I feel like there's a wild card here. I don't know if it will be a service change or addition or some sort of accessory. I'm not talking about like new colors for the cases or anything like something. Do you have any idea what might be the wild card? The only thing that popped in my head right now when you said that was I remember we saw leaks of like a new Apple Pencil that was glossy again, like many, many months ago. That sounds so. I mean, if there's a new iPad Air, incredibly terrible. <laughs> That's it's the Whoa. same thing, just glossy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna, you have to have to get the charge it in the lightning port again. <laughs> it, it, yeah, probably. That's something that like I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. I feel like there's something else. Yeah, a new iPhone 13 color, maybe new AirPods colors, AirPods Max colors. That's springy. Oh. Because remember, we heard that rumor that it was supposed to come. Right. Maybe some ear cups. Maybe some ear cup colors. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Good John. John's just like, this is, you guys are reaching right now. This is the worst. I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, my God. Ear, ear cup? Ear cup colors? <laughs> hey, guys, listen. I got a hot scoop. I hear there might be some new fall colors for the iPhone cases. Listen, don't get too excited for orange, everybody. I was actually excited about the orange one. Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> I feel I'm thinking it, it'll either be, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it would be an audiobook offering for Apple, Apple One. Oh, yeah. That did leak. As, I an audible, as someone who listens to audiobooks, and I'm, that's always into my car, I'd be in favor of that. I could drop my audibles. I would love that. So. And then we also heard that Apple's working on the classical music. Oh, yeah. New classical music offering. Again, John doesn't care about classical music, obviously. Look at this guy. I mean, I don't, I don't, not that I don't care about it, but they can just sit up on stage and get people excited. Right, right, right. That's so, yeah, it's so specific. That was one of those things when they announced that they were acquiring, you know, the company that owned all the rights to the classical music. I was like, this seems like Eddie Q was just like really into classical music. And he was like, I need this guys before I do, like retire in a couple of years. I just, this is the last acquisition I need. And everybody else was like, okay, I guess like, yeah, there's a few 70 year olds that listen to Apple music, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my it's, God. Okay. I just want to ask you guys real quick, since you're both wearing the AirPods Max. I'm a big fan of spatial audio. I know how, I know how Sam felt about it when it first launched. He was, he's a stereo guy. But, John, first you. Do you listen to music? If so, do you listen to spatial audio on Apple Music? Do you, how do you feel listen, about it? I, I do listen to spatial audio on Apple Music, and I, th I thought I was getting more into audio. And then John Morrison sent me a picture of his studio, and he's like, hey, if you ever want to try real spatial audio. And I have never seen a setup, and I'm not even an audio guy, that was so, like, drool-worthy. I mean, there are six speakers on the ceilings, and four. I was like, dang, I don't think I've ever really experienced real spatial audio, because that, like, that looks like the real thing. So I need to go to John's studio and try that was really the moral but yes i i do i do use it i enjoy it i like it i'm it's clear to me when i'm using it but again i'm mostly listening to audiobooks so i'm I'm not the target demo for that sam how have you been feeling since the launch of spatial audio what's it been like six months roughly it's been a hot minute yeah when we first talked about it i was very stark stereo and then you sent me 
a couple of songs. You're like, you got to listen to these. Maybe these are change of mind. This is after we recorded, I believe. And I will say when you sent me that, oh God, I'm going to sound like such a, a pleb not knowing the name. Like it's the one mama Zia, please let me go. What, what? <laughs> I'm starting to sing. Oh no. The, uh, Andrew, don't, don't tell him. Sam, can you favor and uh, we'll, we'll be, mama we'll be quiet. Mia, mama Mia. Why can I not think oh, of the name of this song? Bohemian Rhapsody. What the Yes, heck? Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> thank you. Queen? Dude, queen? Thank you. I was drowning. I was drowning. Yes, Queen. I've had a real bad streak if you guys are watching this part with knowing the, like, the sound bites of songs. That was incredibly impressive, though. And there was like some Beatles stuff I heard, I think, mixed in spatial audio. That was pretty impressive. Here's the thing. I don't listen – to music on my AirPods Max. I, I only listen to, to music when I'm like working out on my normal AirPods. And I will say I still have it disabled. Not to say I don't like it. Not to say I, it hasn't grown on me. It's just not my default way yet. I think I'm, it's like a consistency thing. Like I, if I want to do spatial audio, I want everything I ever listened to to be that way rather than like, okay, all of a sudden we're in stereo. Now we're back in spatial audio for this track. Now we're back in stereo. Like I, I think I just want it to sound consistent. And I, I know they, they do have the sort of – I think there's a way to simulate it now. They do on, on the AirPods in some way. So I, I guess we're getting there. But yeah, it has grown on me. Apple's been pushing it a lot. I think people like it. I feel like that's an experience. Like sometimes I just want to listen to music to vibe out where I, I feel like spatial audio is – it's going to like grab my attention more with the sounds. And sometimes I just want to listen to music straight up. So – it has grown on me since the launch. Interesting. But now I want to listen to Bohemian Rhapsody with uh, it's really AirPods good. Max on. It's really good. Is there a special version I got? Or I can just play it through Apple Music and it'll just do it. No, you just play it through Apple Music. It's good. I'm not the biggest Beatles fan personally, but the Beatles had an album in 2015 called One, which was all their number one hits. And today they released a remastered version of that album, all in spatial audio, which apparently is supposed to sound really good. I have not listened to it yet. Are there separate versions of songs like you just play either get spatial audio or you don't, but it's just a one file? Yeah, it's just one file. So you don't have to like go and seek it out. If it supports spatial audio and you have spatial audio turned on, it'll play it in spatial. I'm going to do it. It's pretty cool. It'll also tell you on your little screen if it's like playing in Dolby Atmos or the standard. iPhone 14. Woo. Now we're getting somewhere. Sam, talk to me about this. I feel like there's been some backlash in the past couple of days because those schematics have leaked if they're true if they're true the schematics have leaked showing that the 14 pro and pro max which are rumored to be doing away with the notch in favor of hole punches that these hole punches are like three times larger than we thought they were gonna be they're multiple hole punches there's two hole punches, but they're larger than we thought the two hole punches would be. But combined, those two hole punches are still smaller than the notch is currently. So now I'm wondering, what, what is the backlash? Do you want more space up there or not? Sam, tell me about this. What's happening? I'm calling this the whole ass punch right now because this thing is – it's got a, a dump truck on it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This, this is one of those changes that – Again, I, you guys got to watch the video. I kind of lose it because I'm just like, I don't think I have the capacity to, to care anymore. I want to care, but I've just been heartbroken so many times. Like at first it was like, we're getting a smaller notch. And then it was like, no, the notch is going away. And I was like, this is amazing. And then they were just like, we're putting these two holes in the screen that look like the letter I. And I really think even though all the rumors are pointing in this direction and like this newest one was a schematic, but I did check from Weibo today. It's been taken down. 
So the fact that somebody took it down after it got shared, kind of, I don't know if it was fake. I've never seen somebody with a fake leak take something down. Right. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, that'd be a good, good way to market yourself, though, if you're trying to get that Twitter cloud. That's the move, right? That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. They're like, Apple contacted me. I had to take it down. But yeah, I mean, not my thing yet. It's not not great to me. I think it looks very out of place. What do you guys think? You're going to do it? You, you love it? You hate it? Am I going to do it? I mean, I'm get, I'm not going to stick to the older <laughs> phone just because of that. Like, <laughs> Some people have said that. Listen, I, I honestly have never cared about the notch or the hole punch or any of these things on any phone or the MacBook. I honestly, when you see it in a photo, right? When you see a leaked photo, it's like, oh, that looks weird. But when you're actually using it, like in a photo, you look, you just look at the photo and you look at what's in the photo and that's it. When you're actually using something, I find when I'm using my phone, my eyes are at like the center of the display and my thumb is like below where my eyes are scrolling. I'm never just looking at the very top. Like when do you look at the very top of your smartphone and just focus there? It seems so rare. So I'm wondering if there will be any additional functionality in that area. Maybe like the camera's better and that's why it has to be a little bigger than it is now. That'll be nice. And Face ID, I mean, Face ID works a certain way because they're not just using a camera for it. They're using, there's like illuminating onto your face and then there's something capturing the illumination to make sure it's really you, especially now with the mask thing and this even more about your the top, you know, your eyes and everything. By the way, shout out to Apple for getting that mask Face ID working right when all of the mandates go away. Mask <laughs> mandates are all, they're all going away. Oh, it's phenomenal. It really is. But I mean, Face ID, other companies just use a camera for face authentication. Apple does something more secure, which is why it needs those extra sensors there. So they're not going to make it less secure just to make it look better, I guess. So I don't, I honestly just, I, I don't care. I just don't care about it. Okay. That's totally fair. I'm the opposite of the toxic, the toxic community. I just don't care. That's fair. John, do you care? I'm in favor of something new. We looked at a notch for what, going on four years? Like, oh, look at some hole punches. I, I honestly, I'm fine with it. If it gets us to getting rid of it completely, then let's get through this step. Let's get through like the weird, awkward stage and let's get to what's next. That's my thought on it. I feel like we'll see it for like two or three years. Yeah, I don't care about hole punches on Android phones. I don't care about hole punches on, on the iPhone. Whatever they do, they're going to do. You guys are sounding like real rational. We're going to need to turn that down. Why are you so mad, Sam? Why are you so mad about (laughs) this, I can can easy. (laughs) I don't know why, man. I'm like, I'm too far in. Like, the community's (laughs) got me by the the grasps. I'm just like super reactive to anything, completely unstable. But it'll be okay. We'll we'll make it. But hey, John, you're consistent. You're like, lucid air. I wanted something different. That's why I got that. Right? Hole punch. I want something different. That's why I want that. I just want something new. This is the baby step of foldable phones. The past two weeks, we've had a new John. We've had a new John on this show. Yeah. He's not contradicting himself. Just want something different. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I'm more concerned about having Zoom above three and <laughs> a megapixelage that, that changes. Like, whatever they do with the face ID, like, I don't, I don't care about. Maybe even add Touch ID in there. I'm going to be great, too. That would be great. Like, I would love Touch ID to come back. Anything else on the iPhone 14, Sam? That's been the big thing. I mean, we've heard about like this 48 megapixel camera that everybody is convinced is going to be bent down to like an actual 12 megapixel sensor, but it'll be like larger pixels or whatever, which that, yeah, I mean, that Apple's not going to say for, they're not going to jump to 48 megapixels. There's no way. So that's going to be cool. Yeah. I would love to see more telephoto zoom or, or something crazy, but it doesn't sound like periscope zoom is coming till next year when we'll get something around 10 X. 
I mean, the new design looking like the iPhone 4 is phenomenal. I mean, that just the fact that they're going back to that, it's so clear to me, like with the iMac, Apple went retro. With I think we're going to start seeing this for all of their products where because people are kind of ready for something different, we had the, you know, the 2010s era of minimalistic, sharp edges, black and gold, you know, silver, like very boring, straightforward colors. And now everything's going to be fun, a little bit brighter. I'm down for it. Like I, I, I'm super excited for the iPhone 14. I think it's going to look phenomenal. I can't imagine how cool it's going to look in like blue or green if they drop those colors. I think it's good. I love the design. I just want to see fun colors on the pro models. That's, that's my, like, I'm still, come on. Listen, get off your high horse. Try the iPhone for everybody for change. <laughs> the SE. You don't need, you don't need telephone. Live, live, live like everybody else. And you can experience the, the fun colors. That's true. And actually this year, the one big rumor is that the pro and the standard iPhones will be in the two same sizes. So there will be like a standard max and a pro max that will both be the same size. So if you liked using a Pro Max but didn't like paying as much just to get the largest screen, this year you should be able to get the largest screen without all the Pro features and in a fun color. It's true. Were either of you guys like iPhone mini stands? No. 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 Come I like on. the biggest phone possible. Come on. Can't, can't do it. Were you? So no, I, I've never cared about the mini. I just, every time I'm like, yeah, I'm happy it's gone. Cause like no one I know, even, even like, why are you happy it's gone though? Like, who can, well, it can still be I mean, that If people like it, like yeah. that's fine. It's too small, man. No, let me tell you what was impressive about this though. The first mini, the battery was so bad. And the second one, the 13 mini has a battery that is better than the standard iPhone 12. Like, a year over year change. But that was the only problem. Like if it's too small for you, I get it. But there's some people who they stick to those iPhone eight style phones, the SE, not because they want to pay the cheapest price, but because they don't want a big phone. That's fair. That's fair. Just, just don't, don't can, be the guy that doesn't want something to exist for other people just because you don't like I, it. That's all I'm saying. I know. I'm, it's kind of toxic, man. I kind of <laughs> sound like an Elon fanboy right now. Can, I mean, can I change the topic a little bit? Speaking about sizes, cause I've been using something. Go ahead. That I never thought I would have as, as this much interest in. And I'm finding reasons to ha- want to use it. And this is going to sound crazy. Is it the Donda player? It's an Android tablet. The Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra. I've been messing around with. I've always said that like, I will take like the biggest phone. I'll take the biggest iPad that exists. So now I'm like, okay, here's a 14-inch tablet. It's actually, it's actually made to be used in landscape that has a fingerprint reader built in. I really like it. Tell me about this. Why do you like it so much? So I'm like inventing reasons to use it. Like I, I don't, I don't need it. <laughs> I, 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 like I, I have to send it back to Samsung, just a review unit. Like, but I love that it exists. I mean, so Samsung display, right? So it's a beautiful display. Mm-hmm. It's just a giant version of Android, which I know a lot of people are negative on, but because it's a Samsung, they shipped it to me with the egregiously overpriced keyboard accessory that opens up decks and giving you windows, like essentially windowed apps inside of the one ui gives you a chromebook like experience with the file explorer it's pretty dope pretty dope plus the full act full access to all the google play apps are there now so obviously some of them scale weird and you know the android tablet app system is not great but if there was ever something that was going to make it get better this is it i mean using chrome on it with you know show sites as desktop it's like i'm using a laptop i love it the speakers are stupid good on it. The fingerprint reader that's built into the screen is awesome. 
It's made for landscape, which is oh, it's built into the screen. It's built into the screen. That's cool. It's made for landscape. It's what's weird to hold it in portrait, but like watching movies on it, watching YouTube on it, it's really cool. And if you're just like consuming stuff on an iPad and you're not really doing many things, you have an iPhone, maybe you're not like what are using iMessage on your iPad. You're just like watching stuff back. This is a really good display for watching stuff back. And then also if you want to like create stuff too, you've got that option. I've just, I've been enjoying it. It's unnecessary, but I think some of the best tech is some of the stuff that like you don't realize is useful. Yeah. By the way. Okay. First of all, before we ask you that's the next question, how is using it as an Android tablet though? Like, are you just consuming? So all the apps are fine or do you find any oddities? I hadn't really used an Android tablet for an extended period of time in a while, in all honesty. I had one of the Sony Xperia Z tablets a while ago that I loved, but just tablet Android on a tablet, which hasn't been great. It's totally fine. Completely fine. Maybe it's the Qualcomm processor in there. Was it the eighth gen, you know, the long name processor gen one? It's really good. I mean, it's, it's fast and sippy. It does everything that I've tried to do on it. And now I've got a tablet where I can have, you know, I can have TikTok on there. I can have Instagram on there. Granted, it scales weird. But the things that exist, there's definitely a use case for this, especially as a Chromebook replacement, plus a media consumption device. You know, plus if you want to use the S Pen that you have the option that comes with it, like you've got a really good pen option as well. It's stupid expensive. I'm terrified I'm going to shatter this 14 inch piece of glass that is insanely thin. I mean, just like like a level of thinness that like makes me uncomfortable. Is it thinner than an iPad Pro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thinner than iPad Pro. They, they, they've underclocked the processor a little bit for heat management because it's, it's you look at this thing and you're like, how does that even like, it looks like the display model at Ikea. We are like, oh, that's supposed to be a computer on your desk. It's awesome. I'm not saying anybody should buy it, but if you happen to be at a Best Buy, check it out. And you're like, oh, I'm glad that exists. I don't know who it's for, but I'm, I'm glad that's something that exists in the world. That's cool. Unlike Sam, who would probably trash it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I just I wanted to send some love to another product. Okay. Hey, I mean, big screen, you know, let me just give you the Apple angle. I hope we see a 14 inch iPad at some point. There we go. Oh, I would be or more yeah, happy, man. Or that 20 inch one. Yeah. Or yeah, or the 20 inch foldable. <laughs> 20 inch. I, I want to hold, I want to have to hold it like this. I mean, hands <laughs> over my head. All the memes about the iPhone are true about how it's just going to get bigger and longer. That's, That's it. God. The move. John, one other thing I'm glad exists is very, yes. very fast broadband internet. Okay. And I wanted to check and see. Did you get yes. your five gigabit service installed I had, yet? I had to push back the install. What? I know. Listen, as for good reason, I got an invite to go to a Laker game on Friday. That was supposed to be the install was supposed to be. So, you know, the inside the install could take up to four hours. I think they're like relaying some of the fiber out of yeah, my house. Right. So I just wasn't going to miss the opportunity to go to a Laker game. We we're like 15 rows behind the bench. Oh. I was like, you know what? I'll, put, I'll push I'll push this back. It's coming this week. Yeah. Coming this week. I've got my new 6E routers. I'm going to probably try to set those up today. And then in theory, when it gets set up, everything should just That's right. podcast. That's right. Yes. It's the, the Orbi Wi-Fi. You got the Orbi Wi-Fi 6E, right? Orbi Wi-Fi 6. I'm going to give, uh, give a shot to E. On your recommendation. So if they don't deliver, I, I know exactly <laughs> what our lead in topic for next, after next week's episode is going to be. On. I have one right there. I use these things all over. The, they're all over the house. They're great. Oh, you've got the, you got the generic white ones. <laughs> Can't even do that, right, Andrew? <laughs> I know. I, I I mean, I'm just I'm just sitting here awing. I'm amazed that I have one gigabit speed where <laughs> I live. It still takes me like what 40 seconds to upload a YouTube video. Like this uh, is ridiculous. That's got to be halved. 
honestly, I'm blessed that I have this because there there were days like at my parents' house growing up. I kid you not, it would take 35 minutes to upload a video. I would be like late to hang out with friends because of the upload. When I moved to this house, this is a, it's like in a rural-ish area. The fastest internet I can get was five down, one up. Five <laughs> megabits down, one up in 2020. And oh. when I tried to upload a video at one up, it told me 23 hours left. And that's when I knew I had to pay. I had to basically pay for fiber to be brought in. I, had to, I have like, I have the same <laughs> fiber that they, they said this is the kind of fiber they give to like fire departments, police departments, and hospitals. Because there was no residential service other than the one that I just said. So I had to pay to have fiber like brought in like five figures. And then it was like, but this is so fast. Like we can give you 10 gigs. I was like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Great. Great. So anyway, that's the show. That's it. Sam, thank you so much. Thank you. For joining us. Thank you for being here. Sharing thank your you. expertise. Sam, you are great. Your opinions, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, if we can separate, if we can separate, <laughs> separate the two. Blame it on the fact that I'm young. I'm just a boy. <laughs> I'm here with two men, and I'll get there one day. One day. One day. <laughs> and that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at YouTube.com slash Gear Live, and John is at YouTube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.